We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chargers are back and there's plenty of excitement in the air about this team. Whether you want to go to a game at SoFi Stadium or you want to go to a road game when Justin Herbert comes to your city in America, ticketing is very important and it's really important how you get your tickets because there's plenty of sites out there that want to scam you and put all these charges and service fees that you didn't originally agree to. But that all changes with TickPick, the exclusive ticketing partner of the Guilty as Charged podcast and the Blue Wire Network. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. They're the original no-fee ticketing site, and they are able to guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. If you don't believe it and you can find better prices, TickPick will also give you 110% of the difference on the same purchasing price. The Cowboys are coming up. There's plenty of high-profile Chargers home games coming up, road games all over the place where they travel to Baltimore and go to Kansas City. So you can go get tickets at TickPick.com charged and use that promo code charged to save $10 on your first order of Chargers tickets. I know you want to see Derwin James. I know you want to see Brandon Staley. I know you want to see all those boys and get that Chargers W. So go to TickPick.com slash charged and use promo code charged for $10 off your first ticketing order. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. What happened today? I missed it. Was there a football game? I'm not sure. Uh, um, we'll dive into everything that happened today. Excited to get into it. Uh, despite the loss with my guys, uh, Alex and Tyler. Tyler, we'll start with you today, man. How are you doing? Some days you just wonder, like, oh, could I have taken a nap for three hours? Yeah, I could have taken a nap, and I really should have. But uh, I've got to watch that ugly fest. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Four and two ain't bad. Yeah. All things considered, you know, we'll get into all the ramifications, but uh, took my dog on a walk after the game, hopped on the Peloton bike, cleared my head. Uh, so I'm, I'm ready to go, man. Um, Alex is here as well in hashtag defeat purple. Um, Alex, your morning started off good. Um, and then uh, the charters happened. But how are you doing today, man? 
Yeah, I'm doing good. You know, uh, the more I thought about it after the whole Urban Meyer thing, like the, the universe really needed to reassess the tectonic plates a little bit, you know. Uh, so Brandon Staley had to lose uh, as he's Twitter's favorite and Urban Meyer had to win because he Twitter hates him. So, you know, it had to balance out. But hopefully, now, you know, next week after the bye, the Chargers get back on track. Yeah, the universe had to really correct itself because after Urban Meyer won, the whole rest of the day was shit. There were <laughs> so many blowouts today. I don't think I've ever seen this many blowouts on an NFL Sunday. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, you know, I, I guess at least we're not alone today. <laughs> you know, other teams got blown out too. You know, the Cardinals are handing it to the Browns right now. You know, the, the Broncos are getting destroyed by the, the Raiders after their mess. So, um, just a, a very weird day of football. I can't remember a, a day where there were this many blowouts in the league. Glad we got to be a part of it. Yeah. I'd like to, uh, I said that the Chargers Ravens should get flexed in a Sunday night football. And uh, thank God that didn't happen. Yeah. Thank God that didn't happen. Um, Yeah. So we're going to dive into everything. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor today before we start uh, express VPN. If you saw my tweets last night, uh you know that nfl game pass is an absolute shit show for those in the states (laughs) i could not believe how awful that website update is uh anytime i tried to rewind it would just glitch back and then skip towards the next play uh it was incredibly frustrating and then i remember that i had a uh, expressvpn membership shout out to them and and i was able to actually sit down and watch some film from last week so if you want to uh have a better Viewing experience of the replay of the Chargers games, please go check out expressvpn.com slash guilty, and you can get a free trial on us. So shout out to ExpressVPN. That being said, if you want to replay all 22 yards that the Chargers got today, (laughs) you can watch the all 22 with expressvpn.com slash guilty. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right, let's let's jump into some of these takes today. Uh, I want to keep it kind of, general at first and then uh you know we'll dive into the specifics like we always do uh before we get started i want everybody to take a deep breath and uh insert the woosah gift from bad boys 2 here take a deep breath we'll dive into everything and have a good a nice therapy session where we vent out all our frustrations talk about everything that happened it's gonna be exciting so that being said alex let's start with you i'm excited to see where your first takeaway is here uh but what do you have for us today man First, I want to start by saying people like added me on Twitter and were like, oh, I bet Alex is happy. Do you th- what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Do you think it, uh, CBS cutting 13 minutes away just because I was right on my game pick makes me happy? No. Um, you know, the Chargers uh, collapsed today and that was not pretty. They lost 34-6. Uh, I did not expect that at all. But uh, I think when you look at some of the underlying reasons that this game happened, it was what we talked about in the pregame show. Um, the run defense is still the run defense, unfortunately. Uh, the special teams is still the special teams, unfortunately. And, you know, on top of those things, they had a bad Herbert game. Uh, that is going to happen, you know, once out of every 10 times, maybe. Like, you know, that's just the reality of the NFL, uh, you know, especially on the road. Tough 1 p.m. game. Uh, and they also had a bad Staley game. Unfortunately, really not a banner day for the coaching staff. Uh, Brandon Staley electing to use that first challenge, then uh, not using the timeout before the half to try to get points. It was a really confusing day for him overall. Um, But yeah, no, the offense is definitely sort of the story of this game, but so is the defense. I uh, 
not sure really what to make of this one other than I think the Chargers bye week is coming at an opportune time uh, because frankly, they need to get uh, Kenneth Murray back. They need to get Drew Tranquil back. They need to get Justin Jones back, Brian Malaga. The list goes on because right now, uh, as currently constructed, uh, I don't think they're deep enough on defense. Not Satterley as well, uh, who they missed today for sure. Uh, so yeah, they just need to get bodies back on defense, take a week and then go play the Patriots. Um, because to me, this was sort of all of the other problems that we saw from the other five games, uh, that didn't cost them, but they all sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. combined into one Super Bowl and, you know, cost them today. Uh, so that's really my takeaway. Uh, but I didn't feel too optimistic coming into this game, but I was not this lack of optimistic, you know, um, it mm-hmm. was not pretty to watch. Yeah. It wasn't the best game to watch. Unfortunately, and I see some, in, some of the comments are kind of debating this. I don't think the chargers win this game if they're fully healthy. Uh, it no. could be closer. Absolutely. But you know, they just didn't have the best game plan. There were drops, there were missed tackles, missed throws, interceptions. And Baltimore just executed. They looked really good on offense, looked really good on defense. And as Alec pointed out on the pregame show, they're great on special teams. And they were just yeah. that much better. The Chargers could not figure out anything on special teams. And the Ravens did nothing but do good things on special teams. So, you know, hopefully in the future they can do better. Unfortunately, like I said, I don't think this team healthy beats this team today. I think they health them healthy they could beat the Ravens in the future, but today everything just went the Ravens way. Not much went the Chargers way. So to me, I'm just going to kind of burn this and, and move on. I think the Chargers, I don't know. My, my only concern with them coming out of the bye is that a lot of the problems were supposed to be addressed in the off season and they weren't. And I think all those problems are going to continue moving forward. So unless they make a significant move and even then I don't think Fletcher Cox or Akeem Hicks are going to change this. I think they're just going to roll with the same issues and just be slightly better in those areas and be slightly better or continue their excellence on offense. But like, I don't see a whole lot changing and barring some big moves. So, you know, get it together. Thankfully they're heading into the nice, you know, stretch of their games, but they're a good team. They're a really good team, but I think the problems are just going to be the problems. And I don't think a bye week is going to change that because an off season sure didn't. Yeah. I think, you know, the healthy comment is, an interesting one because I think having Nasir Adderley in this game, having Drew Tranquil in this game definitely helps, you know, maybe you limit the, the Ravens to 27 points as opposed to 36, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make that much of a difference to me. This game is about the offense. And I know, and Alex talked about the special teams and they're starting to blame too. And like, we saw one of these teams execute at a very high level on both sides and the mm-hmm. other one didn't. And the Ravens were getting short fields because of turnovers, turnovers on downs punt returns, kick returns, all of, all of that. They had yeah. short field after short field. The Chargers are starting on the 10, on the 15. They're not executing. You know, they're dropping passes. You know, Herbert's ball placement was kind of a mess today. And listen, like, I, I don't want it to seem like we are slandering Justin Herbert, right? Like, we all said that he was an MVP candidate after last week's win. Mm-hmm. Shit happens in the NFL. Sometimes you have a bad yeah. game. So I'm chalking this up as a bad game and, you know, the team is going to flush it and move on. It kind of sucks that they don't get a game this week to really, um, you know, kind of move on in the way that they need to. It, it is kind of a fortunate, but also unfortunate timing for a buy. But to me, this was just the, the Chargers didn't execute well enough. They didn't have a single drive on offense. 
that lasted for more than five minutes. Like when was the last time we saw that? Every single drive was like a minute, a minute 30, minute 45, two minutes. So the offense just had a lot of issues. They couldn't get into a rhythm until really like they had one solid drive. It didn't end in points. The one touchdown was after the turnover. So to me, you can crush the defense all you want, but when you're playing that many short fields, when you're up against the wall like that and you don't, you're not healthy, it, it's just you're not going to win those games on defense. And so I thought that heading into the game, we'd see a few sacks, we'd see a couple turnovers, and they did that. So I'm like kind of okay with the way the defense played. To me, the issues were offense first and then special teams second. Yeah, it's really hard to look at the points given up and say, oh, defense played all right. But I think there were definitely some moments where they played well, especially certainly shorthanded. And while the Ravens may have given away some points uh, in terms of not being able to con- or score touchdowns off of the field fourth down conversions, and the defense did hold them to six points on two field fourth downs and like within their 25. Sure. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty decent performance there, all things considered. But it just wasn't enough. No, it wasn't like, I'm not like, make make, make no mistake. Like they need to fix some things. Right. Oh yeah. If I knew heading into this game, there would be no Adderley, no tranquil that Michael Davis would essentially get benched, which we will definitely get into and would lead to, you know, they had three or four sacks. They had two turnovers and then the one in garbage time. Like I would have been like, okay, like it was a close competitive game. And you know, like that's really what the Chargers defense needs to do at this point is create some pressures, create some sacks create a couple turnovers because unless they get, you know, some big time trade, like even if you trade for Akeem Hicks, like it's not going to solve everything. It will help. But to me, like this defense just doesn't have the personnel that Brandon Staley wants apparently. So, you know, it's, it's frustrating to watch, but like I said, they, they got two turnovers early. One of them, you know, was a forced fumble that didn't really turn into anything, but resulted in a punt. They got a few Mm -hmm. sacks to save them at the end. And to me, I would have been, I would have taken this game, you know, I would defensively, like I would have been okay with this one. Not, not happy, obviously, but I think they played decent at least. Yeah, I thought they played okay. Um, I, I really think the problem is just they were, you know, and this is what we talked about a little bit with sustainability on the last podcast. It's like, okay, well, you know, if you're 32nd in run defense and you're 29th in special teams, the problem with that is, Herbert's probably going to have a bad game at some point. And, you know, the problem is, okay, well, Schofield and Norton might not be great this game. Uh, Or, you know, some of the other problems they had on offense with uh, Joe Lombardi, you know, not really scheming players open, uh, drops, plenty of drops today. Uh, So, you know, all of those things kind of went against the offense and I think really maximized some of the issues that they have on defense and the other areas. So um, I think that's kind of what we were talking about in terms of sustainability. And one of the reasons that I didn't feel super confident coming into this game because they are playing a good Ravens team and the best team left on their schedule um, coming into this. And, uh, you yeah, know, that was just the problem when looking at these teams and uh, seeing, you know, who would come out on top is just uh, the number of things that went against the Chargers. I mean, and so yeah. they got away with that last week um you know obviously 47 points 47 points on the offense but you know you're just not gonna get away with that every week and this right. week they didn't yeah it was it was just they could not get into a rhythm at all today the offense got completely outclassed and you know i didn't feel like the ravens defense was doing anything special you know i'll have to go back and watch the film but to me it was just the chargers offense did not show up today 
And, um, you know, sometimes that happens. I think, you know, in the NFL, every team is going to have a bad day. You know, we saw the Packers come out and get destroyed by the Saints in the first week. You know, the Steelers or the Bills lost to the Steelers in the first week. The Buccaneers have had a bad game against the, the uh, against the Rams. And the Rams had a bad game against the Cardinals. So this just happens in the NFL. And, and you know, I think there's a certain, you know, Ravens fan in here. I'm guessing that's apparently saying that the Chargers got exposed. There's no general takeaways from here from this game, in my opinion. You know, the Chargers are four and two. They have everything they want and you know to accomplish is still ahead of them. It's just today was a really bad day, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> so um, let's dive into some of the specifics in this game, please. Um, Tyler, I know you're you're chomping at the bit here to talk about some of the personnel decisions here. So, uh, what do you make of Michael Davis, man? <sighs> I don't get it. I, I first off, okay, if we're talking about run defense, I mean he looks pretty good against the Raiders. So two games ago he looks fine. Like he's he playing the run no problem. So what happened? He's given up thirty one yards the past two weeks. And he was benched today for what? I don't understand what he was benched for. After giving up thirty one yards the last two weeks, and I don't believe giving up a catch against Waller, they bench him for Campbell. And, of course, Andrew has, has a great day. And granted, Davis isn't the only guy responsible for Andrews, but he could have been. Um, and he was covering Darren Waller. And, again, gave up zero catches, 31 yards the last two weeks. And I was thinking, okay, did I miss something this game that would indicate you know, a reason that Michael Davis should have been benched today for Devon Campbell? Um, he gave up four yards, uh, one catch for four yards today. And he missed a tackle, I believe. But, like, Asante Samuel Jr. missed two. Kaiser White missed two. I think there were nine missed tackles this game. Maybe he would have missed another one if he played the whole game, sure. But I I don't understand why you would take Davis off the field. His missed tackle rate this season is just five spots below, I think, Jalen Ramsey and Marshawn Lattimore, at least coming into this game. Um, so it's not like those, you're benching those two guys. So what are they doing? I don't understand why you would take your chess piece, your guy who can cover different players, the only real guy other than Campbell who has speed, who is a much better coverage guy than Campbell, probably, I would assume so. I mean, again, 35 yards the past three weeks. He's given up 35 yards the past three weeks, and they benched him. <laughs> I don't understand the thought process behind that. And like, why would you take one of your better players off the field? If this were you know something like week one, where he gave up the big catch to, I think, Terry McLaurin, and then maybe that continues and things aren't good. Maybe bench him, but it wasn't. He's on the upswing, and they benched him, and I don't understand that. Uh, what else happened? Well, the interesting thing about Asante Samuel Jr. is he got benched last week, and then you see him on that missed tackle today, the one that everyone saw. It was like he was trying to be less aggressive and fix what happened last week where he was kind of just jumping yeah. in there and then missing the tackle, where in this one he looked like really hesitant walking up, and it's like the mentality of what who Asante Samuel Jr. is was changed. Uh, I think Michael Peterson pointed this out. It looks like a different player. So that's just Michael Davis. And if you don't mind, I'm going to continue with this. Go ahead. You, go, you start with Larry Roundtree at the beginning of the year. That's your slowest back. And so what do you do? Let's put KJ Hill, your slowest wide receiver there at, at kick returner. So that gets them to like, what, the 20? And of course, they find, <laughs> they switched to Guyton mid-game. And it gets them to the 30-something, although there was a penalty, of course. Right. Uh, they're try- On punt returns, they're trying the dual returner look which is really odd. Again, the Michael Davis thing being benched was really weird. Um, where was Donald Parham? We all know, I mean, obviously he got hurt in the fourth quarter, 
but he wasn't exactly involved. Keenan Allen, where'd he go? Um, I have heard people saying that he was completely open in the middle for almost the entire game. Some, you know, Herbert says that they were covering him uh, pretty well. I guess we'll have to look. Eckler was involved far less than he should have been. I don't understand why Nick Neiman got like, or why Ogbong Bamiga got two and a half sna- times the snaps of Neiman for most of the game. Uh, this doesn't make any sense. I just don't understand some of these personal decisions. Some of them, you know, I guess on defense, you know, the coach is the coach. He knows what he's doing, but whether it's special teams or offense, it's, everything just seems so weird to me. But the Davis thing does not make any sense to me. I, I need to, like to me, if the all 22 shows up and he's getting killed in coverage and he's just not getting targeted, maybe that's one thing. But I, was he getting killed? I just don't think so. After watching him blanket and negate anything Darren Waller was able to do, I can't imagine that all of a sudden he's become terrible, especially right. when the stats like are in his favor. 35 yeah. yards in three weeks against some pretty good offenses, and he was benched. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I hope someone can make sense of it because I'm at a loss right now. Well, and it's not like the coverage from the other players was that much better. Like It's not like we were sitting here going, wow, Tavon Campbell was awesome today. Wow, Chris Harris was great today. So, you know, Brandon Staley said after the game that it wasn't about Michael Davis. It was about them wanting to get more snaps for Tavon Campbell. And like, oh my gosh, Trayvon Diggs got another pick six. That dude is crazy, man. That dude is insane. (laughs) Um, But so he says that it's not about Davis being bad, but we didn't see him like at all in the third quarter or the fourth quarter. And so I, I understand Tavon Campbell's playing well. Like that's totally fine. But if you're wanting to get Tavon Campbell out there, why is Trey Marshall playing to start the game? Why is Alohi Gilman playing to start the game? Like, you know what I mean? Like, to me, if Tavon Campbell is like the guy that you want to get more snaps to, then you put you don't take off Michael Davis for him, and you don't take off Asante Samuel Jr. for him. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand that Brandon Staley does not, you know, financial ramifications or draft capital don't really matter to him. But you paid Michael Davis to be your best corner, and he's yeah. been your best corner. Like, I know everybody has loved Asante Samuel Jr. I have been very excited about that as mm-hmm. well. But Michael Davis has been the best corner on this team. So to trade to swap him out for Tavon Campbell, and then the players that you're putting in are not exactly doing great either. It was it was odd. The whole day was weird. You know, they signed Senor Calamite this week, and he's active instead of Brendan Hymas. And like yeah, the whole thing is just weird. It, it's just weird to me. Like the, the personnel decisions and you know these coaches know way more football than i could ever dream to learn but like i just there's some disconnect for me like why are we hearing about all these positive players and it's not resulting in like what's happening like they all loved larry roundtree they had larry roundtree was doing great on special teams they really liked his vision then randomly it's like okay well here's a joshua kelly game and okay here's another one Oh, because Justin Jackson's back. So now we can't play Larry Roundtree. And Brendan Hymas is a starting caliber guard. We heard that from the coaches in the in training mm-hmm. camp. But he's been inactive every single game. So the, some of the personnel stuff is is weird to me. And, you know, I, I've been very, you know, profusive of my admiration for Brandon Staley. And he deserves it at this point. Mm-hmm. But some of the personnel decisions have been very weird. And I would love some actual explanations rather than just like well we we want to get Tavon Campbell more snaps okay but what are we doing (laughs) why are we taking Michael Davis off the field yeah 
Um, when Staley says that someone wasn't benched, that's complete fucking horseshit, um, to be totally <laughs> honest with you, because Asante Samuel Jr. was benched last game, and yeah. frankly, I think it's really disappointing that he just answers that they weren't benched and that we want to put Tavon Campbell on the field more. Yeah, um, here's the thing. Tavon Campbell does not make $8 million to be CB1, uh, and Michael Davis has been the best cornerback for this team all year to just weirdly take him out because he allowed a four-yard completion. Like, there's no defending it. There's no way that I can possibly, you know, uh, defend it. And, you know, people bring up Forrest Merrill in the chat. Forrest Merrill was inactive and they got steamrolled in the run game. They might have still got steamrolled in the run game with Forrest Merrill because they have all year. But, like, might have helped today. Uh, Joshua Kelly, you know, over Roundtree after all the Roundtree hype. Like, I, I I don't know what that's about. I thought Roundtree had actually been playing pretty well. Um, so I thought there were a lot of confusing decisions made today in terms of the active inactive list, which is why I said on Twitter that Stephen calling the decisions interesting is why he runs the account and not me. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I thought the defensive decisions were just weird too. Um, I'm surprised it took Tyler two minutes to mention Nick Neiman. Uh, that only came came at the back end, you know? Um, but no, I I thought Neiman being played, uh, or Agbong Vamiga having so much more playing time than Neiman was weird. Um, I, I don't know what that was about. So... Yeah, no, I, I just thought the whole defensive um, game plan and, and personnel uh, precision, uh, decisions in particular was weird. Um, and then, you know, we'll talk about the offense a little bit later, but uh, I also thought that the offense just looked pretty disconnected and discombobulated. And while uh, Joe Lombardi did a great job of scheming guys open last week, there just wasn't any of that this week. And then, unfortunately, Justin Herbert is adding into it by throwing to Josh Palmer on Marlon Humphrey uh, on a critical down. So there's just weird stuff all around this game. Uh, I don't think it has long-term ramifications, but I I do think, you know, when we talk about special teams, run defense, pass defense, like this stuff needs to be figured out sooner rather than later. Yes. So, you know, I, I think that's a good point to switch it to, you know, Joe Lombardi a little bit because he was catching a ton of heat today. And I think some of it is justified. I, I have a hard time criticizing a lot of the play calling today, though, because, you know, like there was that one after the Ravens got up 14. And I think the Chargers, I think it might have been after the Chargers touchdown, you know, the Ravens, you know, punt and then the Chargers are, are like running the ball and they're trying to burn some clock. And everybody's like, well, why are they running the football? It's like your defense is getting gassed. You're trying to give them a break. Yeah. That's what you're trying to do is you're trying to give the defense a break. And then they get into like a third and three and Mike Williams drops a pass. And it's like, what is Joe Lombardi supposed to do differently there? Like you get a good gain on first down. You get a good gain, good gain on second down. You get a manageable, you know, scenario on third down and Mike Williams drops a pass. Like what is happening? Like, why are we criticizing Joe Lombardi? Like he's Shane Steichen. And I know Arjun said that he likes Shane Steichen more, which I do not understand. Um, but you know, it's just the thing with Lombardi today is that he was definitely up and down for sure. But everybody was like, this guy sucks. He's a terrible offensive coordinator. And like, it was just a bad game. And that happens to coaches too. But I I think there were some overreaching takes on Twitter about Joe Lombardi, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I I thought Joe Lombardi was okay today. Um, I thought that there were some things that could have been schemed better, you know, 
run run pass sure. is not super inspiring uh you know even though they kind of had to do that um you know in terms of the drops i felt like a lot of that was miscommunication just between herbert and other guys like that herbert to eckler throw that just was kind of like weirdly timed um mm -hmm. so there were a couple moments like that but um yeah no uh joe lombardi is not the coordinator that i think deserves the most ire well in that sense not even close <laughs> no no like there's there were definitely some things that could have been differently right and i think we don't get to say like oh this offense is amazing like it's so much fun to watch one week and then the next week when it's bad well fire the offensive coordinator <laughs> right so, well there's a little nuance here like there's some context and i think you know the execution was off right guys they just scored 47 points last week i know <laughs> <laughs> i i think i think we just need to chill a little bit yeah I think Joe Lombardi is doing like I, I wish that they had the best offensive coordinator in their league, like everybody does. But you know, I think Lombardi is still learning, and you know, he's only been yeah. an offensive coordinator for twenty games or whatever the case is. So mm -hmm. today was just a bad day, and unfortunately, that's what yeah. happens when you have, you know, this kind of game is really where you mi you're missing having an experienced coaching staff. Like this is the one because mm -hmm. they needed to hunker down and make these adjustments and they did it. And that's offense, special teams and defense. As far as Lombardi goes, you know, they came out with a great plan to open the year to get Mike Williams involved. And they executed that really freaking well. Yeah. Now that he's hurt or now that maybe teams are covering him or I don't know. Now it's time for Lombardi to make his own switch and figure out how to get other players in the offense involved. I think we started to see that the last couple of weeks, especially with Donald Parham. Uh, it just seems like now we need to find a way to get Keenan Allen more involved. Maybe he's getting locked up. I don't know. I haven't watched Keenan Allen film really because that's just like he's Keenan Allen and let us do his thing. But yeah. maybe I'll have to because I need a good reason for why he's not getting open. Is it him? Is it the scheme? I don't know. But hopefully Lombardi can, you know, okay, look, I had a great plan for getting Williams involved. Herbert looks really good. But now let's find different ways to get other guys involved. And maybe it's a Keenan Allen show after the bye. I don't know. Um, but, I, you know, we'll, we'll see how he responds to something like this. Yeah, I think in, in general terms, right, like football and specifically the NFL is about how do you respond after losing games? How do you respond mm -hmm. after getting, you know, punched in the mouth? And today it wasn't pretty. Now they have a bye week. They can, you know, kind of reset, hopefully get some reinforcements back on defense, get Mike Williams healthy, you know, make some of these adjustments and, and come out swinging against the Patriots. And, you know, that's just kind of the general sense that I'm getting right now. But I know that there's more to dive into this game, and I know that Alex wants to uh, talk about some special teams today. Um, it was, it was like very bittersweet to watch my guy Devin Duvernay just like run up and down the field, and I don't know what his final tallies were, or his final tally was, um, but man, like it was so clear in this game the difference in special teams, and you know Alex was all, uh, all of you know on top of that this week when we were doing our preview, so. Uh, Alex, your uh, special teams take. Go for it. Viscaino should be left in Maryland with uh, a <laughs> bottle of Old Bay seasoning, and someone should just give him a crab leg if he wants to eat it. Uh, that's where he should be left. Uh, as far as Darius Swinton, I think he should be firmly on the hot seat. Uh, frankly, I know I, the personnel is not an excuse. He's had plenty of chances to change the personnel. He got Jalen Guyton in one time this week, and it was called back by a special teams penalty. Shocker. Uh, so that was great. Um, but no, like it's just inexcusable special teams. Like, I, I don't know what we're doing here. 
Um, they're down 17-6 at the half. They kind of get back into the game, and then they get burned on a return by, uh, that was Duvernay, who returned it over the 50-yard line. <laughs> like, so, you know, like, <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing? Uh, I, I don't... Just laughing at the comment right here. Throw a golf ball and mustard at him. <laughs> Can someone explain yeah. that to me? <laughs> the Tennessee game thing, right? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. You, yo, so you missed that last night. Um, no, I felt, yeah, I fell asleep at like nine o'clock. The, uh, <laughs> the Tennessee fans threw garbage onto the field last night <laughs> and they threw a golf ball. One of them threw a golf ball <laughs> at uh, Lane Kiffin, the Mississippi coach. Oh, and uh, it was it was kind of funny, but also very trashy by the people in Tennessee. Well, it's good to know that the Tennessee fans are still too good for Greg Schiano. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, I think, uh, no, you know, ultimately... Like, you know, it's, someone messaged me on Twitter and was like, oh, actually, I don't think special teams is the problem because they're down 34 to 6. I'm like, no, it's not the problem. The It's a big the problem, offense though. was worse. Yeah, yeah, the, the offense was worse, if we want to say that. But, like, all of this shit adds up during the game. They didn't allow a big kick return touchdown. They didn't, you know, have, like, a Justin Tucker 69-yard field goal or, like, you know, Vizcaino uh, misses a crucial point. But, like... All of this adds up over the course of the game. And this has been happening week after week. Uh, and I don't know, like, how, how you fix it at this point. Like, you know, I think it's a personnel issue because they have, like, repeatedly not wanted to try new kick returners. And they, they've sort of done it. But it's been, like, a very, you know, half-assed commitment to trying something different. They decided to sit Larry Roundtree because, you know, not contributing on special teams. And they didn't want him on kick return anymore. Uh, so then they bring in a confusing mix of Guyton and KJ Hill. Uh, so I'm not sure what they're really doing. Like, I, I think that if we're talking about all of the things that can realistically be fixed by the bye, uh, one of them I think is just health, right? Like it's getting people like Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray and Justin Jones and that whole litany of guys, Brian Balaga back. Um, but the other thing that's more easily fixable is just getting guys to make routine special teams plays, particularly in coverage and blocking. Like it shouldn't be this hard. And uh, you know, also get a new kicker. Like th this, this should be pretty simple. Um, or let Ty Long take the kicks. I don't know what the solution is. Just fix it. Yeah. I think like there is some leeway with the special teams or there was because there's a lot of young players that were, you know, taking these reps but you had all training camp to figure out, you know, what to do with the kick returner and punt returner situations. Um, and it has not been great. Like you, we saw in this game, Devin DuVernay is, is giving the Ravens short field after short field. And that doesn't help the defense. A defense that can't get off the field and stop the run is now dealing with short fields on every single drive because their offense is either turning the ball over or their special teams unit is giving up big return after big return after big return. So you know, it, it's at the end of the day, like you have to do a better job, you know, covering, you have to do a better job in the return game. And they were trying different things today. I guess like you could spin that as a positive, you know, trying to get Jalen Guyton involved as a returner, but I don't know there. It's just been puzzling. Like it's cool that you guys are practicing special teams so much, but at some point we need oh, to geez, see it. That's right. You know, turn into a, a, serviceable special teams unit like there's no point in practicing you know all these special teams drills throughout training camp and spending more time on special teams than any team apparently that any of these beat writers have ever seen 
and the union is still bad. And, you know, they moved up to, I think, 28th in DVOA rankings after last week. I think this week they'll probably move back down to 31st or 32nd. Like, it, it's it's not pretty. And, you know, they're going to be patient with Tristan Viscaino. I totally understand that. You know, he, he's a young kicker. They want to give him a chance. But you can fix the return game rather easily. Like, just get some more juice back there. Yeah, why don't you just let Austin Prohl keep his job like he but had like, at the beginning also of the year? On when it... Yeah. Well, also, like, I, I get the wanting to let this kind of grow thing. You know, like, I get it, you know, because there's been Lambo and Koo who have gone on to greener pastures and had success. Like, I get it. But, like, the, the expectations for this team has changed, right? They're I mean, they're 4-2. Right. They have four winnable games coming up. And, you know, the expectations have gone from maybe playoff contender to maybe Super Bowl contender, right? And I know that's not what people want to hear after today, but, like, that is the expectation of this team. Um, so, to me, having a kicker who's going to be a liability is a problem. Um, now, I yeah. don't know if they're going to cut Tristan Viscano tomorrow, three weeks from now, whatever it is, but, like, what is the path to him developing? Like, I, I really don't. Um, see one where he he's getting better at this because he's missing extra right. points with wind with no wind was, like yeah. it, it, it's a problem you know <laughs> like Tyler said on Twitter like I can understand missing field goals but I cannot understand ten yards to the right on extra points like <laughs> that that's it's it's problematic um, but yeah no like it, to me they don't have the margin for error especially with the injuries that they have on defense right now and some of the problems with the offense like to me you don't have the margin of error to be this bad at special teams and like one of the easy ways you can fix that is Viscaino just by trying out other guys and then one of the other ways is just fixing coverage and and uh and and everything like that um blocking as well which has been a pretty big problem on a lot of field goals so um you know, I'm not going to go like too much deeper into it. We already sort of talked about a lot of stuff, but you know, to me, like the this is the difference and and why the Chargers have had to play around special teams all these weeks and not let Skyno kick any field goals and have to go for it on every fourth down. It worked out the last five weeks, but didn't work out today. Like when we talk about all the problems they had, so um, yeah. And up next is the New England Patriots. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're not well coached at all. Yeah, yeah not nope. at all. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and, speaking of the Patriots, they are uh, tied at 29. Oh, so they after tied the, it. After the Trayvon Diggs uh, interception pick six, Mac Jones threw a 75-yard touchdown pass to Kendrick Bourne, um, and the Cowboys just went and kicked a field with a tied up. So, Guess who uh, was in coverage? Trayvon Diggs. That's what yeah. I heard. Yeah. <laughs> One of, uh, so I have notifications on for Mike Garofolo of NFL. Oh, Network, okay. Right? Yeah. And after the pick six, he tweeted was like, stop throwing at seven. And then after the touchdown was like, okay, I guess you could throw it at seven sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, good stuff. Um, so I want to talk about the chargers pass rush next, because that mm-hmm. was one of the things that I talked about. Um, that was my big, takeaway or big storyline I was focusing in on this week and you know they had the sacks right at the start right at the uh as halftime was approaching right Mm -hmm. and other than that like it wasn't great like it really wasn't it was super fun to see Limon Joseph sack you know weirdly he was uh like top 10 in 
pass rush win rate on ESPN. So like, I kind of felt like that was potentially coming. And my Brooke, my wife loves Linvaugh Joseph. Like, I I don't know what it is. Um, You know, she just loves Linvaugh Joseph. And so when he got that sack, like she jumped up and was yelling, it was hilarious to watch. Um, Bosa got a sack and Wosu got a sack, but is it time to be concerned about the Chargers pass rush? I guess is my question. And Tyler, we'll start with you on that one. Uh, I, I want to see a little bit more because I feel like when the pass rush, or at least the stats, have been low, I feel like the teams have been able to work around that, like the Browns did. But the Ravens didn't really like do a whole lot to work around that. They really just protected pretty well. And yeah, Moso had a sack, Bosa had a sack. But the edge rushers had three pressures, and two of them were sacks, and that's it. It was Bosa with two yeah. pressures and Wosu with one. Fackrell didn't do anything, and obviously Rump didn't do anything. So, you know, I like the way that they can manufacture pressures when Tranquil comes back, and maybe Murray White, I think, led the team in pressures with three. Um, so there are ways to manufacture pressures. But in terms of the interior with, you know, again, Jerry Tillery's pass rush win rate is awful despite being single-covered. Yeah, I think it is time to worry if you can't close out these games. And you know, the unfortunate part is Joey Bosa, you'll watch some plays where he's getting triple teamed. And it's like, okay, we're going to do everything to make sure Joey Bosa doesn't doesn't get to our guy. So they yeah. triple team him, running backs, tight ends, linemen, whatever. And they're like, okay, you know, it's one-on-one on the other side. You don't have to scheme that open. And most who's got a one-on-one, Fackrell, Rump, whoever, had they have their one-on-ones, defensive tackles have their one-on-ones, and nothing happened. It, that's the part that's getting really concerning to me. I get, you know, if you have different ways of, of stopping guys or whatever, but if you're just focusing on Joey Bosa, you expect another guy on the other side to get free, and nobody did anything today, and that was the part that was most concerning for me. So I do want to see a little bit more, more, you know, dropbacks, more maybe another team trying to score to catch up, maybe not have the lead, but it, it's time to be concerned. I'm not worried yet, but I'm starting to get concerned. So really quickly before Alex jumps in, Kaiser White did lead the team in pressures with three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not concerned because of this game. I feel like this has been the situation for the Chargers uh, most of the season, right? Like you have Joey Bosa, who's going to manufacture his own pressure and draw his own attention. Um, that's already been pretty clear. Uh, you have guys like Uchenna Nwosu and Kyler Factorl, who I think are are decent like you know they'll get theirs at, at points um but other than that like it's a lot of players who sometimes will be there and sometimes won't right like we've talked about how hot and cold jerry tillery is and he's been antarctica for the last like three weeks to be honest so you know like that's just how it goes sometimes um they they don't have a guy on the interior that they can trust to be solid and get after the pass run uh, get after the quarterback from game to game like they don't have that right now that's why a lot of people are talking about jordan davis that's why a lot of people are talking about like all of these kinds of solutions whether it's trade for fletcher cox trade for uh keem hicks whatever it is like that's why we're talking about that because they don't have a guy right now on the middle yeah you can trust um and then we talk about their edge players it's like yeah i, I mean i like fackrell and unwosu occasionally frump has a few good snaps but they don't have another guy outside of Joey Bosa. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, that's that showed this year. Um, so to me, 
I think there will be pretty much just varying degrees of defensive line play from week to week. I think that this is pretty much the floor in terms of what you're getting from the rest of the defensive line outside of Joey Bosa. But I also don't think the ceiling for that is particularly high uh, unless you're just getting really like a high energy game from every single other supplementary pass rusher. But that's just not what they've been getting, uh, unfortunately. And so they really need a guy on the interior who can get after the pass, uh, get after the quarterback. They don't have it. And their supplementary edge players are average. Yeah. It's, um, it's been frustrating to watch like the lack of development. Like I, you know, I'm the first to admit that, uh, I was wrong about Jerry Tillery. You know, I, I saw those flashes waiting for it. <laughs> You know, those, those flashes are still happening. Like his his one sack today or one pressure today, like that was really good. The rest of the game was awful. So like we're still seeing, you know, the inconsistent Jerry Tillery, which has been very frustrating. Uchenna Nwosu looks really good in certain moments. Like he has the awesome rush that ends up injuring Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had a great rush today, gets a sack. It's just the the amount of inconsistencies has been really frustrating from those two players. And, you know, you look at like what they can do, like, sure, you can trade for Akeem Hicks, trade for Fletcher Cox. Like, you know, there aren't any quality edge rushers that are going to be available to trade. Like teams do not trade edge rushers like they don't trade, you know, quality offensive tackles. So, you know, I, I think getting one of those veteran to, into your defensive tackles will help. But, you know, the, it's just been frustrating to watch these, you know, other pass rushers who have needed to be developed and aren't. And, you know, Chenna and Wos is in a contract year. So, like, who knows, like, what happens there? Kyler Fackrell is an okay player, also in a contract year. And Brandon Staley loves him. Brandon Staley said that he wanted to get him when he was with the yeah. Rams. It didn't happen. He made sure to go get him this year. So, you know, they, they, they need a lot of help on the defensive line, I think. And, you know... Joey Bosa is getting the Aaron Donald treatment. Like the Ravens were triple teaming him. I saw at least four times on a pass play and the Chargers just don't have anyone to get after it. So, you know, Lamar played really well today and I give him a lot of credit. The Ravens had a, a really good game plan to shut down the Chargers pass rush. But at the end of the day, like you need your other players to win one-on-ones and this team does not have a Leonard Floyd. It doesn't have a Michael Brockers. It doesn't have a Morgan Fox to consistently do that. Like if Linvaugh Joseph is your second best pass rusher, <laughs> you have problems and it's, it's bad. It's mm. bad right now. And I'm not pushing like the complete panic button for that, for a lot of these players yet, but it's, it's, it's trending in that direction right now. Yeah. At this point, I'm, I, it's very much pick one, right. Tackle someone to rush the passer as it should be in the first <laughs> round. But like, Every time I see, you know, Norton give up a sack, there's an edge rusher not doing anything opposite Bosa. So it's like, what, which one do we go with here? Uh, yeah. At this point, I'm good with either. Any thoughts, Alex? Um, no, I mean, I, I just don't think any of this is really fixable in the regular season. I think they need a complete personnel change when it comes to the interior defensive line. Um, as far as the supplementary edge rushers behind Bosa, um, I mean, like Kyler Fackrell's fine, Jenner Wills is fine, but like they don't have another difference maker uh, outside of there, and I think that's become readily apparent so far. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, like to me, I'm not pushing the p- 
panic button, I guess, but also I'm not pushing the panic button because I don't think it can be fixed at this point in the regular season. Like, I think it's just something they'll have to address in free agency and uh, the draft in the off season. Like that's, that's just where this line is at. Yeah. But uh, please, for the love of God, go get Hakeem Hicks to help out. <laughs> that would be very useful at this point. Um, all right, guys, any other uh, thoughts from this game before we get into studs and duds? Not really. Although I was surprised to see how many plays designed or not when they counted them to convert. It somehow always went after Humphrey. And I don't know if that was yeah. just happened to get the one-on-ones like that and that he was just left on an island. And that's why they went there. But it seems like it, just, it always seemed to be going to Humphrey and it never worked. Yeah, that was a little odd. You know, Marlon Humphrey's really freaking good. And uh, I like Josh Palmer a lot, man. But like throwing the Josh Palmer on a fourth down against Marlon Humphrey, that was uh, pretty confusing. And like I like I understand why it went there, right? You know, you mm-hmm. get the one-on-one situation. That's where they want Justin Herbert to go. Trust your player to go make a play. But like it would have been nice to see Keenan Allen there or Austin Eckler or Mike Williams. So, um, you know, Right. As Kevin points out, you know, Staley said after that he trusts Justin Herbert's, you know, ability to make the right decision. I don't necessarily hate that decision, but it would just would have been nice to see, you know, one of the better players there. Yeah. And I don't know, like the Ravens were not like super intimidating in the middle of the field in the first half of this game. And the Chargers just decided sort of not to attack it. uh, Or when they did attack it, they dropped the ball. And then the Ravens adjusted in the second half and said, "Okay, we're not going to give you anything in the middle of the field. So. We're going to force you into uncomfortable throws where, you know, Humphrey is covering or somebody else is, you know, uh, going to make a play. So that's uh, really what the problem was. So I think, you know, they didn't take advantage of the plays that they could have in the first half. Uh, and then in the second half, you know, Herbert just seemed, you know, kind of jittered just from the success or lack thereof uh, in the first uh three quarters or so of the game. Uh, I think it really just punished them at that point. Yeah, it was uh, some weird decision-making all around. So um, let's get into these uh, studs and does before that we do that. I want to give a shout out to our guy over at the Backroom Collection, doing some firework over there in in terms of his uh, Chargers prints. Please go check him out. Has some cool street art uh, graphics up for sale. Uh, He's the one who's done this one uh, right behind me. For the Chargers rookies, so go check him out. Use the code GAC for 10% off your order. So wanted to give him a shout out. That being said, let's move into these studs and duds. Uh, I know one of us is going to talk about Kaiser White. So I'm giving <laughs> a shout out to Ty Long today. Um, All right. That man has, has <laughs> been through hell the last few weeks. Um, you know, has had, you know, a few punts that have been close to blocking. I thought he punted the hell out of the ball today, man. I really thought he played well, um, did some good things, had a couple of really good, solid punts. So that's where we're at with today's game. Giving a shout out to the punter. I feel like I'm back uh, talking about the University of Utah's football team from 2014, where their punter, Mitch Wisnowski, was the best player on the team. So uh, shout out to Ty Long today. Yeah, um, shout out to Ty Long. He did good. Uh, he should be the kicker, by the way. Uh, I don't know if I've made that clear. But um, no, other than that, uh, yeah, Kaiser was good. Uh Really kind of a, at a loss. I, th- I thought Jalen Guyton had a cool punt return uh, that was invalidated by uh, <clears throat> by a penalty. That was fun. Um, I think my stud of the game goes to CBS for turning off the game with 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. That's my stud of the game. 
<laughs> and no one else deserves uh, to be a stud of the game. Uh, Ty- Tyler can give it to Kaiser. That's fine. I think he's deserving. But um, no, today was a today was a fucking mess. And uh, I don't think anyone deserves stud. And uh, thank you to the producers at CBS for switching to Chiefs and football team, I guess. Very nice. Unfortunately, they did not switch it for me, so I had to watch the entire thing. Wow. Yeah, that's the pain that of being in the local market. Yeah, yeah, that was neat. That was really fun. Um, uh, you know, given okay, assuming that it was more not going to him, and maybe he was open in the middle of the field. I guess I'll say Keenan Allen because he did have five catches on five targets. Like when it went to yeah. him, he caught it, and he even made a pretty smart heads up play to penalize himself uh, to prevent an interception. So. I guess that's a stud because when he got involved, he made the play and then he wasn't involved and that's a whole other issue. So there's, there's my stud. That's where we go. So we got Ty Long CBS and a receiver with 50 yards. Nice. Well, okay. Well, I'm doing a second one. Cause I, Kaiser Kaiser Wright deserves a shout out, man. Right. Like, come on, you guys. Oh, I, you I, thought started sure I, thought, to I thought Tyler. I thought Tyler was going to give it to Kaiser. So that's why I didn't. <laughs> then he gave it to keep it down. So well, I couldn't Kaiser give it to Nick Neiman. So I just gave up. <laughs> In all seriousness, Kaiser White uh, played mm-hmm. really well today. You know, it, it, it's such a tough situation to be in as a linebacker when your defensive line in front of you is just getting tossed around. Um, but I thought Kaiser White played really well, sh- showed mm-hmm. a lot of fight. Um, so let's move to duds. I, I think uh, I'll let you guys go first since I, I was trying to, you know, will something into existence that didn't happen with studs. Uh-huh. So, uh, Tyler, I'll start with you. Who is your dud of the day? Okay. All right. I'll take the bullet. Uh, Justin Herbert. Not that I think he had an awful game by any means. I don't think he had a lot of help with the four drops or the play calling, but the guy was just a little bit off. And there's one play where I don't know if there were safety help, but like Herbert underthrew that ball, the guy down the sideline. I believe he was credited for a, one of those self sacks uh, from pro football focus because he took the sack rather than I'm pretty sure hit Guyton. Uh, open on a corner route. I don't know if he was, but I was pretty sure that was Guyton. And I was pretty sure he was open. Uh, just some high throws all day. Some throws that looked a little too strong. Some things just didn't go his way. Again, he's not all to blame at all. And I don't think he even had a bad game, but it wasn't a great game. There were a lot of things he'd love to have back. Just kind of a dead game for him, especially after something like last week. Yeah. And I think that's totally fair. You know, we've always said, you know, we try to be fair in our analysis and um as Brandon Staley has said you got to tell the truth whether you win or lose so um there were a couple times where he misread protections too like uh I can't remember who got the sack from the Ravens but you have Austin Eckler to the left and you have four rushers from the Ravens on the right side there was no shit there was no slide of the protection Eckler did stayed on that left side and he held on to the ball and got sacked so there were a couple operational things from Justin Herbert today that I I just didn't love um Alex your dud of the day uh, I'll take the other bullet and say Brandon Staley. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, he's been That's getting fair. some great clips yeah. on Twitter, has had a great five weeks. Uh, shit the bed in this game, though. Uh, so, you know, that first challenge was really confusing because it was a yard was and they, yeah. Yeah, they were fighting on it. Um, they lose the timeout there. So I thought that was a bad move. Then you talk about all the confusing personnel decisions, which Staley is in some way responsible for. Um, especially as the defensive coordinator when it comes to the Michael Davis stuff. Uh, then uh, you talk about 
they're 17-6 at the half. They could have gotten the ball with at least 40 or 45 seconds left, and they just decide not to use their timeout until it's too late. They had two remaining, even after the challenge didn't work. Uh, and so that was a really confusing end to the half. Um, and it just seemed like the whole game, the team was kind of woefully underprepared for this one. Um, and look, some of that is, hey, it's a rookie coaching staff. Some of that is, hey, it was a one o'clock game in Baltimore, um, sure. you know, and they they weren't ready. But um, I think Brandon Staley has to be the dud this game, just with confusing decision making, confusing personnel decisions. Um, and ultimately the team just not really being prepared for this game. I think it would have been different if it was, you know, mildly competitive, but um, they just were not set up well from the beginning. Yeah, I think that's totally fair as well. I think the challenge to me, it was it was just a, a poor decision, like in general. Like we've seen some really good instances of game management from Brandon Staley and the staff, but you're challenging one yard and we all know that if the if the call does get reversed, that the Ravens are just going to go for it anyway. So to me, the challenge was just kind of pointless. And then, you know, you get to the end of half. Your offense has zero momentum, zero rhythm. Your defense gets a sack. You don't call a timeout. Your defense gets another sack. And then it's like, oh, shit, we can get the ball back? Okay, now I'm going to call timeout. So you, if you had used your timeouts correctly, not challenged and, and kept that timeout, you could have reasonably gotten the ball back with about 45, 50 seconds left and then gotten your offense some momentum going into the next half. So uh, I think that's totally reasonable to call Brandon say that today. I have full confidence that he will bounce back after the bye. Um, my, my dud of the day, I think it's got to be just the Chargers pass catchers in general. Like mm. we have seen a lot of these drops pop up every once yeah. in a while. Today it was really bad. And Jared Cook... You know, one of the things that when I was watching his film from last year that I was kind of concerned about was his ability in contested catch situations. He just doesn't go up and get it with the same kind of of energy and juice. And the interception, it was not a great ball by Justin Herbert. It was still catchable. And there's that third down later in the game where he's over the middle. He creates some separation. Mm -hmm. It was right in your hands, yep. right on his hands. And he dropped it. You know, the Austin Eckler thing, I don't necessarily count that as a drop that almost ended an interception, but it was just really bad performance, in my opinion, from the Chargers pass catchers today. Lots of drops, not a whole lot of juice from that group in general. And, you know, it was just not pretty today. I think you could also talk about Chris Harris in this game was not very good, had a bunch of communication issues with Mark Andrews. Um, like, so I think those two would be my duds for the day. And I feel like we could keep going. Anybody else got any more? <laughs> oh, there's a lot more duds, but none that I want to talk about. Oh, Darius Winton, dud. There you go. Double dud. Double dud. Uh, special teams in general outside of Tai Long, major dud. Um, all right, guys, let's uh, wrap up today's show. Or actually, do you want to take questions today, or, or should we just wrap it up? Let's do questions. Let's uh, let's let's get the bad vibes out of the people. Let's let's calm everybody down. Let's, let's hear it, everybody. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we will be doing some questions then. As always, the Super Chat feature is enabled. Uh, I don't think Tyler's parents are in here for this one. So uh, if you want to win that competition, you go right ahead. Uh, other than that, we'll just kind of shout out some things. Um, let's see. Hmm. That's, a, that's an interesting one. 
Are we questioning Staley's operation of flying to East Coast super late day before game? I I think there is some merit to this, but Brandon Staley really believes in you know letting guys sleep in their beds, their own beds for another night, and, and then traveling and having the whole Saturday or the whole yeah the whole Saturday to to be in the new place. I think each coach handles it differently, right? And I'm okay with it right now, but they travel to Philadelphia in a few weeks. And if the team is slow and uh, sluggish in that one, then yeah, I, I think we probably can talk about that because, you know, they came out with a lot of fire against Washington. So I didn't really have an issue right. with it then. This game, it wasn't very pretty. So I think this is kind of wait and see until uh, after the Philadelphia game. Because if they come out slow and lose to the Eagles, who are bad, no offense, Alex, then, yeah, I think we'll have some issues. None taken. Also, uh, no, I mean, yeah, they just (laughs) – I feel like when it comes to the traveling to the East Coast stuff, there just is a larger sample size needed uh, at this point. Like, I I don't – you know, they came out hot with the Washington game, uh, didn't come out good with this one. But they're going to get their, you know, good chunk of East Coast games to see, you know, whether that strategy is good or not. Um, But like I said, you know, we just talked about 50 minutes worth of other problems that they had than, you know, what time they got out of bed this morning. Uh, So to me, you know, it's something that you can mention, but it's not anything that I'm blaming this game on personally. No, and I, and I think to some degree that this might have been voted on by the players as well. There was some input there. I'm, I'm sure, sure they also wanted to lean this way. So, again, maybe, maybe that's a mistake, but I don't think it's necessarily on Staley specifically. Um, but we'll see. we got a lot of East Coast coming up. Yeah. I mean, the Rams do this too, and they uh, mm. absolutely destroy the Giants today. So I think mm. every coach does it differently. You know, the Niners, whenever they have back-to-back East Coast trips, they they try to – like stay on the East coast. Some people like to travel back. It just kind of depends, but I think we just kind of wait and see here. Mm-hmm. Um, Sebastian Saldana with an interesting question uh, was, was worse this one or the Patriots lost last year. Uh, I think for me, it's the Patriots. Like I think last year against the Patriots was just an utter domination against a not very good Patriots team. Like yeah. this one, at least the Ravens are a good team. So I can, flush this one and, and hate it for now. But I mean, the Ravens are a good team. Like this, this kind of happens last year against the Patriots was just an utter domination by a very bad Patriots team. Yeah. The, the past one is way worse than this one. Um, I mean, 45, zero, 45, zero. But no, I mean like that also was just like the complete end of an era. I mean, that was Anthony Lynn getting fired basically that game uh, and the whole team imploded like i you know as much as this loss sucks i do think we have to keep perspective and just be like well look we're, we're four and two heading into the bye and uh you know we we kind of move forward like but to me a lot of their issues from this game were correctable none of the issues last year were correctable <laughs> after the patriots came right right yeah the worst game i've watched it was not last year's patriots game it was the, the divisional round where we had all those momentum after beating the ravens and it's like here we go and they get absolutely slaughtered uh by the patriots i don't know i kind of okay watching last year's game against the patriots was worse but this one ted it might have bigger ramifications at the end of the year it will because they're competing for a postseason spot uh could come down to the first seed second seed third seed who knows so i think this loss is going to hurt them more but it was easier to watch than last year for sure. 
<laughs> well, I didn't even get to watch the fourth quarter because CBS changed it. I there, was just listening to it. the to the radio of Daniel Jeremiah and Matthew Money Smith. So um, they did a good job, I guess. But yeah, CBS changed it on me. Uh, yeah, I can't say so- I've ever seen a game like that before. CBS changed it, and I could have gone to NFL International Game Pass if I really wanted to latch the last 10 minutes of the game. I didn't. Yeah. yeah I can't say I, uh, I... I feel bad for anybody who was there. I need a bot. Apparently, it was their beautiful game. The stadium was rocking. Um, I mean, the Ravens is... A, you know, that's a place that I think is really underrated when it comes to hard places to play. Um, so if you were at the game, I hope you had a good tailgate experience and a good ride home. Um, but I, uh, do not envy anyone that had to watch that in person. I mean, to me, I also feel maybe less disappointed than other people are just because everyone else was talking about like how Lamar was a running back this week still. And like, I'm like, no, the Ravens are actually really good. I don't know if you guys know this. Um, so, you know, to me, you know, the chargers were disappointing, but like, yeah, like uh, Rohan says in the chat, like, I mean, the Ravens were favored by three, to be fair. Like, to me, they were the better team with home field advantage. Um, so to me, I, like, I don't think this is the worst loss ever. Looks like we have another Ravens fan in here. Rob Jack. Rob Jack, thanks for tuning in, I guess. Um, thought Apparently, he says, thought y'all was going to give us a game. SMH better like next time. I think if they play again down the road, I think it'll be a much better game. You know, I think that the Chargers team is is so young in pretty much mm-hmm. every aspect of the game that this is uh, it's going to be a learning experience. You know, I, I do believe that this team is going to bounce back from this and be able to kind of, you know, fix their mistakes. And Derwin James said today, like it was pretty clear what we need to work on uh, and take that going forward. Um, also, one thing that we need to talk about, Derwin James was in a complete like robe of ice after this game. Yeah. So that man is going through it right now. I, I noticed that he was wearing a shoulder brace today, which I don't, I, I can't say I noticed last week. Um, so I think Derwin James is very happy that they're going to be on a bye week this week. Yeah. And I'm sure this little Nixon bruises like Joey Bosa, I'm sure is probably more banged up than he's, than is showing on the injury report. So yeah, getting the stars healthy would be nice. Also, uh, what's his name? Rob Jack. Just want to let you know that, um, it's customary when after a loss and an opposing fan comes on the, the podcast, they send a super chat because of uh, the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> uh, fans already beat you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I'm just saying it's, it's customary. You got to send a super chat now. <laughs> um... yeah, all right, guys, let us know if you have any questions. Uh, this is your time. All right. For those who are in the chat and listening, how far do the Chargers go? Now that you've seen this and now that they're into the bye, how far does this team go? Hmm. Alex, you want to comment on that? Oh, do do I do I go first? Okay. Um, divisional round. Yeah. So, make the playoffs. They're a wild card team. They win the wild card game, and then they lose in the divisional. That's what you're saying. Well, I mean, or they're or they win the division uh they well either they win or lose the division uh but they're going to be effectively playing on wild card weekend either way possibly because they already lost to the ravens who are now in position for the one seed so uh whatever formation it is i, I do think they get to the divisional round and then 
lose. But again, like I don't think this loss means they can't beat the Ravens or can't beat a tough team come playoff time. But right. based on what I saw today, like a lot of th- things need to be fixed before we start talking about AFC Championship and Super Bowl. Let's go, Rob Jack. Let's go. Oh, I love it. Let's That's go, Rob Jack. I appreciate it. We need that dollar. We'll split it. Thirty-three cents a piece. You know, he's being a good sport, though. I like that. Yes, he Jay, is. Jay Blue sent in a super chat. Uh, can this team fix the defense, and how? I'm going to say, well, health pending. Yes, because they're playing a bunch of shit teams. Uh, but into the let's say the postseason, can they fix the defense? Let's say the best of the AFC is there. The Browns are there. Well, we'll see how they are. Uh, the Ravens, the Chiefs, can they fix this defense? I, I think what you're getting is kind of what you're getting. You might have more of a you know, Dallas Cowboys you know, defense. Not their defense, but the way the Chargers played against the Cowboys uh, sort of game. But otherwise, I don't think it's going to get a whole lot better. I don't think it's really fixable unless they make trades. I think some things are fixable in the interim. Like there's things that you could scheme differently. Uh, one of them being don't take your best cornerback off the field. Um, I think that that <laughs> is true. one way that you can fix your defense. Um, yeah. I think that another way you can fix your defense is just by getting guys back, right? Like this year at early and Justin Jones, I don't think they fix all of your problems, but I do think they help you, right? Just so health is part of it. Um, getting Joey Bosa and Derwin James, like that helps in the interim. Uh, other than that, you know, like maybe you can make a trade for Akeem Hicks. But to me, when I look at this defensive line in the grand scheme of things, when I look at right now, this linebacker group, oh, obviously I have to mention getting Kenneth Murray and uh, Tranquil back, um, you know, whenever that comes. But uh, when I look at this defense in the interim, uh, and for the rest of the season, it's more a personnel issue with their defensive line that I don't think can be fixed at the offseason. But I think the things at the second level and third level defense in particular still can be remedied, at least at this point. Yeah, I think they can certainly do some things to help it, right? Like getting Drew Tranquil back, getting a Syrian Adderley back will help. Getting Justin Jones back will help. Um, you know, I, I think if you are looking at this defensive line right now, and you get Justin Jones back, and then you trade for Akeem Hicks, or you trade for a Fletcher Cox, that helps, right? Like, that's going to be better than the current situation. Then you can move Jerry Tillery into more of a pass rushing specialist kind of role. Um, you know, unfortunately, that would mean that, you know, Forrest Merrill, Brain Fajoko are, are back on the practice squad for those guys. But, you know, like, there are things that they can do that can help, right? Like, if you go, if you go making a really aggressive move for a Christian Wilkins or, you know, something like that, those things all help. But in terms of like becoming a great defense, it's going to take another offseason, right? Like they, this is, you know, a, a long-term build. And unfortunately, the offense had, you know, the majority of the resources this year. So in the short term, make a trade for a defensive tackle, get these guys back healthy, stop taking Michael Davis off the field, and maybe you can get to the high teens. You Like I think that would be, you know, probably best case scenario for this defense at this point. Yeah, and I, I'll say I'll say the optimist view on both defense Whoa. and special teams. Okay, hold the on. optimist hold view on, is on. sorry, optimist view. Okay, Alex. <laughs> the optimist view is they're so bad right now on both of those that they can't get worse. It only can go up from here. You know what? So if Tristan Viscaino starts making his extra points, that would help. 
if they play Michael Davis, that would help. Like, you know, you got to build it a little bit brick by brick. So I, I think I think they can get better. There's my optimist take of the week. Nice. Yeah, they can absolutely get better. I, I think this is, again, it, it's not going to turn into a great defense all of a sudden. You know, like there were James in the offseason said, like, our goal is to be the number one defense. That's not happening. But I think they can get into, you know, a serviceable run defense, get into, you know, a defense that creates some more takeaways. I think more blitzing would help in this situation. I think the Chargers were like 23rd in blitz rate heading into this week. Get that up to 19th, 18th, you know, create some more havoc that way and and kind of help your struggling pass rushers out. But there are other things that they can do, right? Like this is not like the end all be all like this currently Mm -hmm. shitty defense is not going to be shitty forever. And, you know, it's just, you got to tweak some things, make adjustments. And I think they're doing that, right? Like Joey Bosa was playing a lot more mm-hmm. three technique, three four tech. technique mm-hmm. today. And so they're, they're doing things to mix things up a little bit. You know, Chris Harris is playing safety. Granted, that was kind of out of necessity because of uh, right. Mr. Adderley. So, you know, th- this defense is going to make adjustments. It's not like we're dealing with Gus Bradley. who's just going to be like, okay, well, just be better next week. <laughs> So, you know, I think that is the thing. Like, they're trying to mix things up and they're trying to do some different things. And I do expect it to be better. Not expecting it to be like, you know, a crazy, you know, turnaround. But I do think it'll be better from here on out. And like Tyler said, they're not exactly playing powerhouse offenses from here on out. Uh, Thomas Martinez asks, uh, what do they do when Jones and Murray come back on the roster? Fajoko, Merrill, Gaziano, all the cut candidates. Anybody else? That's such a tough one. And that's what I was kind of talking about before. Although I thought Merrill was going to be active today and he wasn't. Yeah. Which is a surprise. I don't know. Because I don't know what they want out of their front anymore. Because now all three guys are different. Fajoko's nose tackle, defensive tackle. Merrill is probably just going to need a lot of A-gap. Gaziano seems to be more, you can go rush like outside the tackle. I feel like you have all three different guys there. So I don't know who you cut. Unfortunately, you know, with Fajoko, Merrill, and Gaziano, the last two weeks they've had like a run stop combined. So it's not like they're making it easy to make a decision here. Uh, they have they have protected Fajoko the last two weeks. Yeah. So that might indicate something. But then again, Merrill and Gaziano were the ones on the roster. Uh, so I, I don't know. Um, if Jones comes back, you probably cut. Fahoko then um yeah i don't know but murray coming back i don't know who you who do you bail on because they like campbell it's not like they're cutting him oh who was no i don't know wait who's the there's so there's what's his name so hymas is on the roster obviously and then yeah. the other guy is on the roster but he was the active one today i just yeah. doesn't i don't know that's that's the part that's confusing it's not talamente very... or whatever his name is yeah. sure yeah, so in terms of the defensive line, like I think Gaziano will stick. I think, you know, the initial plan for this defensive line was you have two nose tackle defensive tackle types in mm-hmm. Joseph and Covington. Then right. you have three defensive tackle slash defensive end types in Jones, Tillery, and Eric Banks. So Gaziano is in for Eric Banks at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I think we see Justin Jones in for Merrill or Fahoko. Fahoko is going to be an interesting one because they have to um, sign him to the active roster before the next game or waive him and hope he can uh, get back on the practice squad. But I think Gaziano sticks. I think Gaziano sticks as as that fifth 
uh, defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see him much today. Um, not can't really recall him playing all that much, but um, it, it seems like that's their plan, right? Is you want the three defensive tackle, defensive end types, and then two defensive tackle slash nose tackle types. So uh, I think Jones will take the place of Merrill or Fajoko. Yeah. Let's see. What did Gaziano have today? Gaziano had. Don't think he's on the stat sheet. Neither no. is Fahoko. What a day. Well, there's part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. Yeah, right. That That is part of the problem right now because you have three undrafted free agents, you know, playing major, you know, contributions along the defensive line. So players that I like, but, you know, I, I, it's just in, in a poor situation. So uh, Justin Jones, if you could fix that calf right up real quick, uh, come back after the bye, that would be fantastic. Um, but we'll see. Um, all right, guys, any uh, other final thoughts before we head out for today's show? Just uh, happy to be here at the bye week. Somebody did ask if we're going to be doing stuff during the bye week. We will be. I won't be. Yeah, we'll be. We'll be here. <laughs> uh, final thoughts. Yeah, we'll be here during the bye week. Um, you know, as as the negative one, I'm not going to yell at you and tell you that I was right about the win. I will pick you up and say, let's get them. Let's beat the Patriots. You know what? We're going to do it. This is the year that we're going to defeat the Boston sports team. You know what? Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, look, I mean, I, I think the team is four and two and, you know, you move forward. I think there's things they can fix. They have a fairly easy stretch of games coming up. Uh, you know, the Patriots are getting better, but after that, it's the Eagles, the Vikings, and the Steelers who haven't looked particularly good. So if you're looking for reasons for optimism, I think there are some. Justin Herbert's not going to have that bad of a game again. Right. Uh, I think that's probably going to be his worst one of the season. So, you know, uh, I, I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, I just wanted to give one shout-out to Urban Meyer and Carson Wentz <laughs> for making me go 2-0 in the picks this week. Uh, so urban, you're welcome for me picking you. Yeah. Watch the, the, the Steelers are going to win too, because that's how this week is going. <laughs> and um, I went last. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a weird week in the NFL, but you know, at the end of the day for me, like, you know, we all kind of assume that this team would be three and three at this point. They're four and two. Uh, it obviously really sucks that today's game went this kind of way. I think if we had just kind of, witnessed a competitive loss i think obviously we would feel very different heading mm-hmm. into this show and coming out of this show um but you know i i do expect the chargers to bounce back i think this bye week is could not be coming at a better time in terms of health you can get some reinforcements coming out of the bye week and like alex is saying uh, that was probably the worst we'll see justin herbert all year long you know i i firmly believe that he will bounce back from this i think brandon staley will bounce back from this and very winnable schedule of games coming up. So this was the gauntlet, right? Like this was the end of, of the difficult schedule. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that our expectations that we had after the Browns game should remain that way. I think that the Chargers still should be looked at as playoff contenders, as potential, you know, AFC champion kind of team. Obviously, they need some help. They have to get healthy. But I think overall, this doesn't really change how I feel about the team. Uh, just really sucks that it went this way, but four and two is four and two. I think that's a good thing and should be celebrated. Um, but yeah, tough day for the, for the chargers today. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. 
All right, guys. So that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, uh, hopefully you were able to take some solace and kind of get some closure on today's uh, loss. Um, flush it down the toilet because I think that's what the team is going to do. Um, we will be doing stuff throughout the bye week. Got some fun interviews scheduled for this upcoming week that I cannot wait to share with you. Um, thank you for supporting the show. As always, leave us a comment. Leave us a rating or review if you're listening to the audio version of this show. And we will see you guys next time. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com